prayers and you answer them. You respond to us in our time of need. And also, you are a God who holds the whole world in his hands. And so, Lord, we lift up our world to you. And we pray that it might manifest the glory of Jesus. That's our desire. That's our hunger. To see Jesus exalted. To see Jesus lifted up. And we thank you for Jesus. Now, Father, as we go to your word, I pray that your spirit would rest on me, that I could bring your word to your people today, boldly and faithfully. And I pray, Father, that you'd stir us up by your spirit to have faith, really to believe that what you say is true, and to order our lives accordingly. You're such an amazing God. You're such a wonderful God. And we thank you and we praise you and we honor you for it. Now, Lord, open up our hearts and our minds that we might receive everything you'd say to us today through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's turn to two places. First of all, to John chapter 10. And we're actually going to start with verse 7 in that passage. And then Hebrews chapter 9. And we're actually going to read down, I think, to verse 13 there. Just a little bit longer than what's written in your bulletins. Sorry for that. We pick up with verse 7 in John chapter 10. And Jesus says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And then over to Hebrews, the ninth chapter. The writer to the Hebrews has been talking for a number of chapters about uh, Jesus as the great high priest and the, the permanent high priest. Uh, and uh, uh, talking about comparisons there with the Old Testament. And then we pick up with verse 11. 
But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, we're approaching the end of our examination of living the good life and and the goodness of God. It's it's amazing. We've been walking in this journey uh, for about six months now, believe it or not, maybe a little bit longer than that, uh, just looking at this topic. And when you look at it, we haven't really scratched the surface because there's so many more texts in the, in the scriptures that talk about God's goodness. Uh, there's so much more that God has to say uh, as we look. But I think we've seen a number of the highlights and a number of the great encouragements that God has for us for living the good life. And its foundation is, again, on a firm faith in the goodness of God. God is good. God does good, God intends good, God gives good. The goodness of God is our foundation. The goodness of God is as essential to God's character as God's holiness is. And just as God cannot, by definition, do anything unholy, God cannot, by definition, do anything that's not genuinely good. But therein lies the problem. Because so often we try to evaluate the good life based on many, many circumstances that God never promised, based on outward situations that come and go that can be rather fluid. You know, for example, as I mentioned, you know, Karen and I feel a bit under siege right now uh, in our personal lives with so many things that that, uh, have gone wrong, so many struggles and stuff, uh, dealing with colds and, and sickness and things like that. Uh, Yet, I know that I have the good life. And even though I encounter some difficulties in life, and even though uh, there are things that challenge me, it doesn't change the fact that God has given me a good life. And that I know that I'm living the good life. Are there things that I would like that I don't have? Certainly. But... None of those things are things that I actually need. They're things that the Lord has given. And we're living the good life. And that is a possibility for everybody. God desires that all of his people live the good life, not only in the world to come, but also in this world. But we will never enter the good life unless we enter the good life in the way that God intends. And that's the challenge that we face. So often, we want the good life, but we want it on our terms. We want to enter the good life in the way that we want to enter it. 
we want to enter the good life and define the good life the way that we want to define it, but we cannot have the good life, we cannot live the good life, we cannot enter the good life unless we enter the good life as God has intended. And these passages show us that the way that we enter the good life, the way that we remain in the good life, the way that we have the good life mediated to us is ultimately through Jesus Christ. In the passage from John that we were looking at here, Jesus says three key things that we can apply to the good life. First of all, Jesus is the door to the good life. The only way that we come into the good life and are able to live the good life is if we come through Jesus. Look what Jesus said. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Now, who are the sheep? The sheep are anybody who follow Jesus. He's going to go on and talk about being the good shepherd. And so we, followers of Jesus Christ, are called the sheep. Now, the others who came before me were thieves and robbers. And the thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus is saying here that He is the door that we enter into the good life through Jesus and that Jesus' purpose in coming, one of the key purposes for Jesus' coming is so that we, the sheep, would have life and have it abundantly. So that we would have the good life. So that we would live the good life. Not only in this life, but the one to come. But not only in the one to come, also in this life. The challenge is that there are a lot of thieves and robbers and the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. There's so much in our lives that wants to steal the good life away from us. For example, if you start defining the good life based on a possession that you have, oh, I must have the good life because I have the latest phone or the latest gizmo or gadget, uh, or the best house, or whatever. If you start to define the good life by a possession, it will be stolen away from you. If you start to define the good life by uh, a certain kind of relationship, oh, I've got to have my soul mate, uh, and I need to be able to look my soul mate in the eyes, uh, you will have that stolen from you. So often, we try to define the good life based on what the world says is good, fame and glamour and good looks and money and all that, or we'll try to define the good life based on what our flesh says is good, oh, all the food that I want, the kind of food that I want to eat, uh, the possessions that I want, uh, or oftentimes, even Satan will whisper things in our ears and say, well, you know, you'll really live the good life if you start sleeping around, uh, you'll really live the good life if you do drugs or something like that, and all of those things seek to steal, to kill, and to destroy us from having the good life. And so we have to have the confidence that Jesus is the door, and the only way we're going to get to the life that genuinely is good, the life that is really abundant, is through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the door. Jesus is also the good shepherd leading us in the good life. 
Not only is Jesus the way we enter the good life, but also Jesus is the one who leads us in the good life. As the good shepherd, he does not abandon us. Notice what he says, continuing on. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus has bought us. We belong to him, and Jesus is the good shepherd, and a good shepherd always does two things. He always protects the sheep, and he always leads the sheep to green pasture. In other words, Jesus is our good shepherd, is able to protect us in the life that he gives us, and he's also able to lead us into the good life. The challenge is sometimes for us that leading us into the good life can sometimes take us over some pretty rocky soil. I was watching a a documentary last night uh, about uh, the the, uh, Lake District and uh, sheep, uh, 2,000 sheep being sent out into the mountains and the hills uh, to, to eat to good pasture, and they had to go over some pretty rocky ground to get to the open pasture. And Jesus is our good shepherd. Sometimes he'll lead us through what seems to us to be very rocky ground, and ground that has a lot of weeds and not a lot of stuff that we want, and we start thinking, you know, shepherd, I don't think you know where you're going. And so if we try to go back or we try to go away or we try to wander astray, we can end up falling off a cliff. And many times that's what people do. We start to not trust Jesus as the good shepherd who will lead us in the good life and protect us in the good life. And then we start to rebel and move and do our own thing in our own way, uh, go by our own feeling or our own flesh, and we don't enter into the good life or stay in the good life. So Jesus not only is the door to the good life, but Jesus is also the good shepherd who leads us in the good life. But Jesus, third thing he's saying here, is Jesus is the good shepherd who has given us his life to live. Notice what he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So not only is Jesus the door through which we enter into the good life. And not only is he the good shepherd who leads us in the good life, but he is the good shepherd who has laid down his life willingly so that we can live the good life. You see, the good life is not free. The good life comes with a price. The good life has a cost to it. And the problem is that you cannot make enough money to enter the good life. You cannot get enough friends to be in the good life. You cannot have a strong enough job to be in the good life. You can't be the president and get to the good life. The only price to be paid for the good life is the one that Jesus himself paid. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, willingly laid down his life. And that's a demonstration that we can trust Jesus 
And the resurrection is a demonstration that Jesus really knows what he's talking about when he's talking about the good life. There's no one else that has laid down their lives so that we could have the good life as Jesus has laid down his life. Jesus has demonstrated his love for us. He's demonstrated our value. He's demonstrated how much the good life genuinely costs, and he himself has paid that cost so that we can experience the good life. And it's a good life that we enter only through Jesus, and it's a good life that Jesus himself leads us into. And so not only do we enter the good life through Jesus Christ, but the writer to the Hebrews adds one other dimension to this, and that is that Jesus is also the mediator of everything good in our lives. Everything good that we have, everything good that we experience, everything good that we know, everything comes through Jesus Christ. So we enter the good life through Jesus Christ and we receive the good life through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the mediator. When Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come. Jesus is the high priest of the good things that have come already. In other words, it's not the good things that are going to come someday in the future. It is the good things that have already come. And it's the high priest, the high priest in the Old Testament context, was the mediator of God's blessings to the people. That's why Aaron was charged to give the blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you, Uh, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace, shalom, now and forever. That blessing had power because Aaron was speaking with the power of God because as the high priest, he mediated God's blessings to the people. But the problem is the high priest in the Old Testament was always imperfect. Aaron himself demonstrated that. But Jesus is now the perfect high priest, and so he mediates the good things that have already come to us in a perfect way. He does that because he has entered the greater and more perfect tent, which he entered once for all into the holy places, not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So what has happened in the context of the, of the good life is that Jesus, when he laid down his life for the sheep, when he poured out his blood on the cross, he became the great high priest and the mediator of everything good that has come and came in him in his death on the cross and every blessing that we're blessed with in the spiritual places and all this life that is really life, this abundant life, all of that is coming to us through Jesus. So not only do we not enter the good life except through Jesus, but we do not receive the good things of the good life except through Jesus. And Jesus does that. And Jesus' blood then purifies us so that we can live the good life to the fullest. Notice, for if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh... How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? 
So what Jesus did, not only is he then bringing us all of the blessings of the good life, not only is he the mediator of all the good things that have come, but he also, by his blood, purifies us so that we can really experience the good life to the fullest. He comes and he cleanses us from our sin. He gives us the ability not to sin. He fills us with his Holy Spirit. He enables us to walk as his disciple. He does all this for us by his blood that he shed on the cross as a perfect sacrifice. And so our redemption from sin, our redemption moving us from the, 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 the power of darkness into the power of God's uh, kingdom of God's dear son, all of that is accomplished through Jesus Christ. Through all that he has and all that he's done for us in the cross. And because of that, we can experience the good life and we can live the good life to the fullest if we come to the good life through Jesus. And only then. So if this is true, how do we respond? And we respond with three words. Surrender, believe, and receive. First, we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. Now we talk about that when you become a Christian. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Uh, I like that word, by the way, better than commit your life to Christ because if you commit something, then you can uncommit something. But if you surrender, you can't unsurrender. Once you've surrendered, you've surrendered. And we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. And the thing is that we do that when we come to faith in Christ. But the problem is that we often don't surrender the whole bit. Sometimes we hold on to our hopes and our dreams, our conceptions of what it means to live the good life. And we need to surrender that all to Jesus. You know, if you would have asked me when I was in my teens what the good life looked like, I would have said it was very different than the life I'm living now. If you'd asked me in my 20s what you said the good life looked like, I would have said it was very different. If you'd asked me in my 30s what I'd said the good life looked like, I would say that's very different. But now that I'm living the life that God has planned and it's not over yet, I've got more good life to live and I'm always looking because the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. My good life days are not over. It's just going to get better. I know it's going to get better. The Lord's promise. I'm, so I'm looking for that. I'm looking for that. But I've had to surrender all of those things that I thought that I wanted to do. All of those things that I thought would be the good life. Because now I look at it and realize that so many of those things that I thought was living the good life are not living the good life at all and would have destroyed my life. So you have to surrender your life to Jesus. And with that, you have to surrender all your attempts to live the good life outside of Christ. Because this is the other thing we do as Christians all the time. I see Christians do it all the time. They say, okay, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but actually I don't like the person that Jesus really wants me to marry, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find somebody else. Uh, I don't really like Jesus and the way he's leading me in my job, so I, I think I need to find somebody else to do this other stuff for me. Uh, I, you know, maybe I can find somebody who will give me a better job, and then I can come back to Jesus. But any attempt to, leave the good, to lead the good life outside of Jesus will lead you into the clutches of the thief whose only intention is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. 
You have to surrender your life, every bit of it, to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I trust you that you will lead me into the good life. And that leads us to the second word, you have to believe. You need faith. You need faith. You need to believe that Jesus really is the good shepherd over your life and that he will lead you into the green pastures. You need to believe that all the good, everything genuinely good in your life comes through Jesus. Now that's not only about spiritual stuff. You know, I'm not talking about great deep spiritual experiences. I'm talking about things like enjoying food. Now I like food. I like sweet food. I like salty food. Uh, I like barbecue food. Uh, I like bread a lot. And it is amazing. You know, when, I, when I eat it and I'm enjoying it, I just think, thank you, God. Thank you for the taste buds that you created. You know, that was God's idea. Satan didn't come up with the idea of having good food. That was God's idea. Satan came up with the idea of being gluttonous. But God had the idea of good food. If you enjoy the time that you have with a friend, thank God for it. Man, I, I cherish the relationships that I have with friends. I was sitting with the elders yesterday, and, and just uh, we were sitting in our meeting, and we're praying, and we're all different. You know, we're from three different continents. Uh, it, it's just extraordinary. And we were sitting there, because Fadi's away, uh, so he wasn't there yesterday, but the rest of us were sitting there, and I'm just thinking... I like these people. I enjoy being with them. We're different. We have different perspectives. We have different ways of looking at things. Yet, we are united and there's nothing that separates us in our unity. Now that comes not because we're all three really good people and naturally cooperative with one another. It comes because of Jesus. And so we give God thanks for that. So you have to believe that all the good that comes to your life is coming through Jesus. And you have to believe, really believe, that Jesus wants the good life for you. And this is the real big problem. Because oftentimes we don't really believe it. We don't really believe it. But we must. Or you'll never receive it. And that's the third thing. We need to receive what Jesus has for us. We need to receive Jesus' cleansing and forgiveness. You know, if you're walking with Jesus, He forgives you of your sin. I know so many Christians that, you know, don't repent or they don't forgive. Either they don't repent because they think, oh, I've sinned and God's going to reject me now and there's no hope for me left. Or they don't forgive because they say, well, that thing that that other person did to me was so bad and so wrong that, you know, there's no real forgiveness for it. But, you know, all of that's atoned for on the cross. Everything that anybody has ever done to you and everything that you've ever done, is, the price for that is paid for on the cross. And you need to receive the cleansing of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, and extend that to other people, whether or not they deserve it. Because, you know, you don't deserve it. So we have to receive it. We receive it. And then we need to receive the good life that Jesus offers to us. You say, Jesus, I want everything that you have for me, no matter what. I want every bit of the good life that you have intended for me, no matter what. 
I will not determine what it is. I will not determine its boundaries. I will not determine its outcomes. I'm going to trust you because I surrender to you and I believe in you. I want to receive from you the good life that you have for me. And you need to do that not just today, but you need to do that every single day of your life. Every day, we need to surrender, we need to believe, and we need to receive. Because all the junk of life will come against us. And sometimes, you'll be living a period of your life where everything is going wrong, and you think, what have I done to deserve all of this? Sometimes things don't work out. Relationships don't work out. Cars don't get fixed. Houses have problems. Bank accounts go down. Jobs are lost. Friendships fall away. All kinds of junk happens in this world every single day. And sometimes it happens to us. But I tell you, the junk that happens to you does not determine your life. Jesus determines your life. And that's why every day you have to say, Jesus, I surrender all my hopes, my dreams, everything for this day, I surrender to You. And I believe that You are my Good Shepherd and You will lead me in the way that is good and I receive the good life that You have for me. And Jesus will give us the abundant life that He's promised because that is why He came. That is why He came. And that is why he died for you, for me, that we might live the good life to the full in glory to glory of God, in service to him. We live the good life to the full, honoring Jesus. And that's our promise and that's our heritage that we have as believers in Jesus. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank You so much that You are a God of life, that You are a God of love, that You are a God who has promised to us that we might lead the good life. And we bless You for that, Lord. And we thank You for that. And we praise You for that. And Lord, as we go into a time of worship now, I pray that by Your Spirit, You would stir us up that we might surrender, believe, and receive the good life that You have for us. Through Jesus Christ, the door. The High Priest, the mediator of all good things that have come already right now, here, in this time, in this place, for us. Who is the source of life that really is life. We praise you, we worship you, we adore you, we honor you, and we pray all this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Before we have